Well, good afternoon, race fans. We've finally made it here to uh, another episode of In the Huddle. Um, before we get, well, just to kick this whole thing off, today's episode of In the Huddle with Brent Williams is brought to you by Mark Cruz and family. Over the years, Mark has supported Patriots alumni with mentoring and advice, and along with his family, has participated in all of our events and programs. And Spyglass MTG, your go-to partner for Microsoft Technology Solutions. Let's bring in my pal, my teammate, my guy, Brent Williams. <laughs> Brent, thanks, thanks for uh, thanks for uh, joining us today. It, uh, we had a little bit of a technical issue getting you on, but I yeah. think all things are solved. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you for having me, Pete. I appreciate you getting on. And uh, you would think with uh, almost a year of these Zoom meetings, we'd have all these glitches worked out. But uh, I'm excited to be on. I've got a chance to see some of the episodes. And it's been really cool to kind of go back down memory lane with a lot of former teammates and friends and, and so forth. So I'm excited to uh, to be on the guest list today. So uh, yeah, thank you. No question. It's been equally fun for me, too, of picking up the phone and and uh, getting reconnected to a, to a lot of guys. If, if you've seen, you know, we started with uh, with the 70s era, you know, with uh, yeah. Tony McGee and, and Ray Hamilton, you know, some legends probably to you on the defensive side of the ball and the defensive right, line. Right, right. Of course, we have to ha had to have Nelly and uh, his pal Zabel uh, join us uh, together. But it's been a lot of fun just catching up. Mike Haynes, Stanley Morgan, Ray Claiborne, uh, Sam Cunningham, of course, John Hanna, Steve Grogan, you wow. know, uh, to get yep. all of this stuff going. Now we're now we're focusing on the '80s and have had a lot of fun <laughs> uh, with all that too. You know, let's uh, let's start with you. I mean, from Flint, Michigan, to Foxborough, with a bit of a right. stayover in uh, at the University of Toledo, and uh, talk uh, about your your journey to Foxborough. You know what? Um, my journey to Foxborough started being a, as a seventh round pick out of the University of Toledo. Uh, I, I, as you said, I grew up in Flint, Michigan. Flint has an incredibly proud athletic heritage. In fact, three of my Pop Warner teammates all played in the National Football League. All of us played for 10 or more years. Carl Banks with the Giants, uh, part of their Super Bowl championship teams, uh, was, was, was a couple years older than me. Lonnie Young was a, a year young, a year older than me and then myself. But um, the thing that was incredible that we always talked about when we ever, whenever we get a chance to talk about Flint and the history of athletics there, the three of us made it to the National Football League and none of us were ever the MVP on any of those teams that we played on in the Pop Warner League. So there was so much more talent that was out there that was there that, uh, that we were proud to be a part of that heritage and a par uh, proud to be, uh, you know, from the city of Flint. And uh, I kind of took that to Toledo and then that same kind of, uh, you know, chip or, or attitude to, to, the, to the New England Patriots as, as a seventh round pick in 1986. So uh, really cool. Well, let's talk about before we move off of that subject, because that's kind of intriguing in, in that, um, at, at, at a Pop Warner age, a middle school age, um, you know, kids, some kids develop much faster than others. You know, some kids are, are a little more mature uh, physically than, than, than yep. others, and others take a while to get all caught up with things. And it seems to me right. that a lot of attention's drawn to 
kids that don't need the attention. You know, the, the kid that can throw the ball 60 yards gets all the coaching, gets all the attention when, yeah. when Johnny's sitting over there and can't, you know, button his chin strap properly. And, and you know, so the challenge becomes is how do you get those kids that are, are that are a little more undeveloped, underdeveloped than than some of their peers? How do you get them up equal to that? You just you just mentioned the fact that the three of you had really nothing to do with MVPs or or any type of accolades. Right. You just went through middle school and Pop Warner and uh, right. and, and did your business. But so so kind of talk about that whole dynamic. You know what? In, in a city like Flint, being a, a, it's a tough city. Uh, there's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of things that can pull you in the wrong direction. And all the three of us really had kind of, uh, you know, strong parents, strong family backgrounds uh, that really kind of kept you in line. And um, that was a big part of the reason we were able to continue to just move forward and develop. Uh, and a lot of what you said is absolutely true. I see it today. In, in my business and in, in, in one of my businesses is that we identify, I run a, a youth football camp around the country and we see some of the kids that are incredibly gifted at a very early age. But we also see kids who, like you said, you know, don't have the coordination yet. They're really long. They're clumsy. I, my, my oldest son was that kid. I mean, you, you know, you were instrumental in kind of helping him kind of get on the map. Uh, through the Nike camps way back when, when you used to work there. But there was a point when when he was in seventh or eighth grade where he was big, gangly, clumsy. Uh, we would joke, he would go to basketball games, he would jump. I remember him landing on his knees because he forgot to put his feet down. And it was just like that. But this kid ends up being a third round draft pick for the Houston Texans. That That is, uh, it, it's it's just so much of what we do um, from our camps is trying to identify those unique athletes. And I think that the three of us were kind of those athletes. We had size, but the coordination may not have been there. And if the coordination isn't there, then the speed isn't always there. So it's always putting all those pieces together. And over time and maturity uh, and hard work and staying out of trouble, it, it, it kind of worked out for us all. Well, I'm hoping, I'm hoping kids or, or people that influence kids are listening in on this whole thing. And, and yeah, and, you know, and are drawing some some conclusions about maybe how they would approach their own children or the children that they coach, uh, that whole thing. The really challenge is, is the kids that need coaching, make sure you coach it, you know. Absolutely, the, the kids absolutely. That, that already look like they've got it down pat, you know, right. they need some direction. But, you know, the, the real challenge is, you know, getting those kids uh, involved early so that they don't get discouraged uh, and walk Correct. off the field because they're slow gangly and uncoordinated yet absolutely and you know what the thing is 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 in anything you've been around the game a long time i i i read michael jordan's book uh one of one of michael jordan's early books or a book that uh, that was written about him and he talked about getting kids to appreciate or love the game and if they love the game they'll do all of the things that are necessary that you don't necessarily like the extra running the extra lifting and all of those different things but if you can encourage those kids and get them to appreciate and love the game, then the rest gives them a chance to be, you know, next level players or next, next level players, whatever that may be, uh, whatever may be in line for them. But the love of the game is critical. And I see kids, like you said, they get discouraged at an early age because 
coach isn't paying attention to me. I'm not so coordinated. I'm not so good. I can't catch. I can't run. And all of a sudden, you've got some 6'6", 300-pound kid that shows up at the high school field that's never played it down that turns into, you know, the diamond in the rough that everybody wants to uh, uh, to, to, to get their hands on. You know, and not every kid's going to play in the NFL. You know, it's a that's, that's, a, that's a long stretch and big odds to make it happen. But, but uh, cool. the more they can get out of each um, stage of their career, whether it's, you know, to Pop Warner to high school, high school to if they're fortunate enough to, to go to, to a, to, you know, to a, a, a division one, two or three school and extend their, mm -hmm. their careers that way. But the lessons that they learn on the field are so much more important than whether or not they play professional football. If, if, Absolutely. They, if they can show Absolutely. the hard work, dedication, commitment and discipline and required uh, to be a, to be on a football team, they'll be successful in just about anything they play, they do. Absolutely. There's so many, as you know, there's so many life lessons that we've learned on the football field. There's so many life lessons, whether it be life lessons when you were in Pop Warner or life lessons when you were in high school or life lessons when you were in college or, or, or even in the pros that are applicable to business. They're applicable to every facet of life. Parenting, all of those things are, are critical. And, and uh, I just love to see kids be a part of the sport. Uh, uh, sports in general, but, you know, obviously football uh, was the vehicle that I was able to use to, to get from where I was in Flint to, uh, to the NFL. Yeah. And, you know, your, your trip to Foxborough started, like you say, in 1986 <laughs> in that, in that, uh, I think that was a May draft back then, but um, anyway, I could be yeah. wrong, but regardless. It's April, 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 May, but I, I do know this. They did the draft in one day back then, and uh, there was no three days. No. And I know Michael came in really, really late at night. So there was 12 <laughs> rounds at the time. But I remember getting a call sometime around, uh, uh, you know, a little after midnight and uh, them saying, uh, you know, the New England Patriots have, have just drafted you, and uh, Coach Raymond Barry wants to speak to you. And I was just yeah. like, well, one, where the heck is New England? That was that was the first thing. And two, uh, just trying to get a feel for, you know, what my life was going to be like because you guys had just played the Bears in the Super Bowl. And, and uh, you know, my mother, you know, uh, was was a big part of uh, obviously the major uh, part of my life that uh, kind of got me in the right direction and kept me in the right direction. But I just remember her saying, I want you to go somewhere warm, or I want you to go somewhere close. And so I remember just when I looked at her and I told her I, I, on the phone, I said, I'm going somewhere cold and I'm going somewhere far. So that was kind of, that was the only thing that came to mind when, uh, when that phone rang and they said New England was on the other end. Of it. Yeah, no, that, that's, uh, that's, that's fascinating, especially the fact that in 85, like you say, we had just, we had just uh, stubbed our toe in that Super Bowl, but our amazing yep. journey to get there really was, was, was quite, uh, you know, Amazing. Absolutely. And, and yeah. uh, you know, so you had to feel like that. I bet you you started. Well, back then you couldn't do Google searches on who the defensive line coach or the linemen no. were uh, at the time. You just showed up. You, yep, you showed you showed up. But a seventh round draft pick and to have the kind of career uh, that you went on to have, Brent, that's uh, that's a, a, a great testimony uh, to you. Um, to make that well, work, you know, so you had to feel like got an odd man out when you first showed up. Again. Yeah. You know what? It, it was. And, and uh, I, I had a I had a kind of a flashback. I was telling the story uh, to my son uh, a couple of days ago when I learned that Willie Scott passed. Yeah. 
And, uh, you know, Willie was actually the first Patriot I met. And uh, the reason I met Willie is that our flights arrived in Providence at the same time. And in my mind, just the, the insecure, not knowing anything that was going on, Willie had just gotten traded from Kansas City to us. We get off the plane around the same time. We were, we're at the luggage, you know, the luggage rack and waiting on our things to come in. In my mind, I'm thinking this guy's another defensive end because they don't think that I'm going to be very good. And that's what, because he was a big tight end. So uh, I just remember that uh, being kind of my first, you know, you know, in, you know, introduction to uh, the NFL was, was meeting Willie and, and, um, you know, sadly hearing that he passed away this week, right. uh, you know, it just uh, kind of brought back those memories. Right. Well, so you drop into Foxborough and, you know, we were pretty solid on defense and, and, yeah. and defensively. There was a, a good a good mix of, and we've, we've used this as kind of a theme through all of this, but a, a great mix of, of young players, you, you know, in your rookie year mm -hmm. coming in. And some veterans that have been around for a while and had had uh, quite a bit of experience. You know, I learned a, you know one of the things I, I just thought the world of Coach Barry uh, as far as a head coach. Uh, Eddie Kayette was my defensive line coach along with Ray Hamilton, and the 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 pace in which they kind of helped develop helped me develop. I thought was was really. I don't know if it was on purpose or it just fell into that way, but, um, you know, throughout the preseason, uh, there were points in which I was calling my agent and telling him that, you know, Saskatchewan didn't sound too bad. I, I could probably play in Canada. And then there was a time when I felt like, you know, by the, towards the end of the preseason, you know, I'm starting in, you know, as a rookie. And um, I just remember, you know, having conversations with those guys. And I thought Coach Barry did an incredible job of mixing the young players and putting them around veterans. And I saw that you guys, you know, you talked to, or you're, you're scheduled to talk to Ronnie LaPetta at some point that's coming up down the road. Ronnie was, um, Ronnie was one of my, was my roommate, my rookie year. So Ronnie was a veteran. Um, and, and I learned so much from Ronnie about, as a corner, about just preparing for games off the field, the mental side of it. And I, I joke with him all the time, you know, to this day, my kids, they learn lessons from Ronnie that they had no idea that they were from Ronnie that, that I learned through him. Right. And one of those lessons was when we went to Miami to play in the, when we played in the, the, the heat, Ronnie would turn the heat on in the room and it would be a hot room the entire night. And we would be sweating. And I'm sure this is not the way you're supposed to do things, but that's the way Ronnie wanted us to do it. When we played in Buffalo and it was freezing cold, we had the air on in the room, so you were cold the entire night. So there was no body shock when you went out there on the field the next day, and that's the way Ronnie operated. But it helped me kind of get myself into a mindset to go play. And when Ronnie said the TV was going off at 8.30, right after meetings, the TV went off and we went to sleep, and I, and I began to get programmed that way. And I think that that was a, large, a, a big reason that I was able to play so long because we had great veterans – that instilled great traits in the young players to help them get through. You know, you weren't hanging out until midnight talking to your girlfriend on the phone or, or, or what have you. You were focused and you were getting ready for, to, to, to play the game. And I think that's why we had some really early successes. You know, and I, and I really hope that that, um, 
that still carries on, that tradition still carries on, the passing of the torch or whatever you want to call it. When I was a rookie, I landed in Foxborough in 1976, and there was a guy that they had just traded uh, to Cleveland for, Bob McKay, who played on a national championship team at the University of Texas, the 69 uh, championship team with, at Texas. He mm -hmm. was a seven-year veteran at, at Cleveland. They traded for him because we needed some help at tackle. And he took me under his wings. And like Ronnie did with yep. you, he taught me what it meant to be a pro. And I don't mean about X's and O's and blocking and tackling. I mean, here's how you act on the road. Here's what you, here's you, you tip the visiting locker room attendant. And by the way, let's go meet him. You know, just yep. how, how to handle yourself as a, as a professional, how to get ready for, for those kind of, you know, for the events that you're, you're looking forward to. And Ronnie must have yep. been a huge influence with you. And so was Bob McKay with me. I'm just hoping that that, that tradition continues, that the, that, that young players yes. coming in get an opportunity to, you know, to, to sit with some of the older players and, and, uh, and, and understand what it means to the game. I'm, I'm afraid though, that might've gone away with free agency, you know, that, uh, it is, it's probably a little more challenging to kind of get that, that, that same chemistry, you know, the torch being passed consistently from group to group. But I think, you know, the successful programs, they find a way to do it. Yeah. Uh, and I have no doubt that uh, the guys that were in the locker room this past year, after having a ton of success, going through some struggles, now will come back with, you know, a, a different mindset and a different attitude, uh, you know, going forward. So I'm looking forward to seeing how those guys, uh, how, how they, how, how they kind of, you know, rally the troops and get back in, uh, in uh, in the winning ways. Yeah, no, it's a it's a it is going to be a challenge for our Patriot team to try to get back to that. I'm just you know, it was a uh, it was such a, a great 20 year run, <laughs> you know, with yeah. with, uh, with TV 12, and then to watch him do what he did last Sunday too is a yeah. you know if the Patriots weren't going to win another Super Bowl, that's as close as we got to doing it. Watching him step on the field once again and making it happen, so. You know what? It was it was it was really cool. It, it's special to 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 watch him continue to play. Uh, I have a different relationship with TV12 and the organization, not necessarily Tom. Uh, Tom was very instrumental in it or his foundation and TV12 Sports in helping our camp series uh, as it relates to developing quarterbacks. So uh, you know, it's hard for me not to root for him and. And, and watch him go, you know, go somewhere else. It was tough to see him leave, but uh, the person that he is, the organization that he has, and, and the people around him, they've been very helpful to, to our camp series. And, and uh, so it was great to see him uh, uh, to, to, go out with another, to, to go out and get another one. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. Well, tell us about it. I mean, we could talk, we could talk you know, for the next 20 minutes if you want to about <laughs> about the career you had, but you played what, seven or eight years with the Patriots and-, and I played eight, eight years here in New England. I played two in Seattle and then uh, finished my last year in New York with not, the Jets. So. Not with the Jets. Yeah, oh, so, yeah. So. I, I, I think it was, I, I, I don't know if it was you who said it, but I know that uh, I, I know that I heard Nelly say it. You play as long as you can and you add two more. And so <laughs> I played as long as I could and the Jets was my add two more, but so I added one more out of that year. So there you go. Uh, I was able to get through it. Yeah, no, and that, you know, with the, you had a great a, a great career with the Patriots. It you know it just seemed that 
you know, 86, we went to, uh, we went to the playoffs and, you know, we were, right. we were, I, I just, I'll never forget coming out of that locker room in Denver at halftime mm-hmm. with a 20 to one to seven lead and, and watch yep. that just piddle away. And, yep. you know, the, the, uh, the fortunes of Elway getting, getting going and, and, and making it happen. But I, I really thought we could run the ball down their throats and maintain the, the rest yep. of the thing and advance in the playoffs. It just wasn't so. I thought so, too. And I think the thing that was challenging for me, so you had gone to the playoffs the year before and, you know, gone to the Super Bowl run. And then the next year we get to the playoffs. So that's my rookie year. And I'm just thinking, man, we won the division. Uh, it's pretty, you know, this is this isn't this isn't that hard. We're, we're going to be in the playoffs for the rest of my career. <laughs> and so we win the division. We get the first round by we get to the second game in the divisional round. And I'm sitting there saying, you know, this is great. This is going to be how it is for the rest of my career. That's my only playoff game. Right. And so, uh, you know, that, you know, things that we take for granted uh, very early in your career, you see how hard it was to get back to, uh, you know, that level of play. And then with all the, the changes and turmoil and all those things, it just made it that much more difficult. Yeah. Step, step us through that whole thing. I mean, it started after the 88 season, 89 that, you know, the Raymond Berry right. steps, steps down and, it just seemed like it was, you know, coach after coach for the next three or four years. It was. And I think that that was one of the things that I don't um, uh, that that when in looking back, I think one of the challenges that uh, was really hard to go through was the challenge from going from Raymond Berry style to the Rod Rush year to uh, the Dick McPherson years to the Bill Parcells year. And we literally had those four head coaches in a five-year span and that was, or six-year span, that was probably the most challenging points of my career just because there was, there was always a difference in how they were operating and how, you know, the system that we were going to run. When, when we were under uh, Dick McPherson, uh, he wanted all the linemen light because we ran a lot of slants and games and stunts. And that's the way they played in Denver because that was the staff that they brought over from a defensive standpoint. And then we go to the, the Parcells year where he wanted you big and bulked up so we could two gap. And it was just uh, to, to kind of get some continuity throughout that process was really, uh, really challenging for, for players who have been there from the beginning uh, under Coach Barry. So that was, that was probably uh, one of the more challenging points in my career, that window. Uh, but, um, you know, even going through those, you make great friends. I had some great teammates playing alongside Andre uh, and and Donnie Blackman and and and, and you know Nelly and those guys in that era really uh, you know those guys carried me. Uh, Garen Varis was a defensive end that was just a year ahead of me, and then we had Toby Williams as another defensive lineman, and so our front and obviously Kenny Sims was a part of that group as well, and I, I think our front we we were. Uh, uh, we were pretty good, and it just really mattered. It just depended on you know what system that we were going to be put in and how those talents were going to be used. So it was uh, it, it, as challenging as those years were. Those dark years, um, I, I think it was uh, it was fun. So I, I tell people all the time, I was the bridge between that first playoff game that I play in played in. Two years after I left, they went back to the playoffs and then they went to the Super Bowl. So if you want to blame anybody, I'll take the heat. <laughs> I'm not sure anybody's looking to blame things on anybody, <laughs> but 
You know, I always, I always kidded. Uh, Fred Smurlis is a, is a dear friend of mine, and it's, you know, Absolutely. we, we yep. were in competition against each other for, for 10 years, twice a year when he was with Buffalo, and, and uh, mm -hmm. boy, there were some real battles. As, as much as we were able, as much as we owned Buffalo, I mean, it yep. was, it was, I was look, I looked forward to that game because I knew it was just going to be a tough two gap, no 